What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to another episode of Vanished in the Valley. Today, I am going to cover kind of like the biggest conspiracy almost in humankind right now. We're going to start with the Illuminati. We're going to talk about how the Illuminati was put back into the public consciousness back in the hippie days, back in the counterculture days. And it was actually done as a kind of joke. If you believe these two guys I'm about to tell you about, that basically went on a full-on, let's fuck with America, let's fuck with different media conglomerates or whatever you want to call them. I mean, the Illuminati, according to Wikipedia, is a name given to several groups, both real and fictitious. Historically, the name usually refers to the Bavarian Illuminati, an Enlightenment-era secret society founded on May 1st, 1776, in Bavaria, today part of Germany. Basically, the society's goals were to oppose superstition, obscurantism, religious influence over public life, and the abuses of state power. The order of the day, they wrote in their general statutes, is to put an end to the machinations of the purveyors of injustice, to control them without dominating them. The Illuminati, along with the Freemasonry and other secret societies, were outlawed through edict by Charles Theodore, Elector of Bavaria, with the encouragement of the Catholic Church in 1784, 85, 87, and 1790. During the subsequent years, the group was generally vilified by conservative and religious critics who claimed the Illuminati continued underground and were responsible for the French Revolution. In modern years, the term Illuminati has referred to various organizations which have claimed or have been claimed to be connected to the original Bavarian Illuminati or similar secret societies though these links have been unsubstantiated. These organizations have often been alleged to conspire to control world affairs by masterminding events and planting agents in government and corporations in order to gain political power and influence and to establish a new world order. Central to some of the more widely known and elaborate conspiracy theories, the Illuminati have been depicted as lurking in the shadows and pulling the strings and levers of power in dozens of novels, films, television shows, comics, video games, and music videos. Well, let's fast forward to some recent American history regarding the Illuminati. So for this part, I'm getting a lot of my information from a documentary called Can't Get You Out of My Head by Adam Curtis and from an entry at fieldevolution.blogspot.com. So let's start back with the first European settlers to come to America. They were freeing the corruption of the power in the old world. And that corruption came from the lords that they were indebted to, from the churches that they were indebted to. And in this old world with the old ways of doing things, the settlers just knew there was absolutely no way to actually get ahead and to be free living under the restrictions of the old world. But 
when they come to America, they also brought their suspicious minds out in the vast wilderness of the new America. That imagination led to dark, hidden conspiracies in their own government, not far away in Washington. One of the first of these is in the early 19th century, said that a secret group from Europe called the Bavarian Illuminati were running a giant conspiracy in America to destroy the new democracy. In reality, the Illuminati had been a utopian movement who wanted to replace religion with reason. But instead, they now became the first of a series of frightening suspicions that fed off the isolation of the settlers in the New World. One of the first accounts of the Illuminati to be printed in the U.S. was by Jedediah Morse's Fast Day Sermon, and that was May 1798. Morse had been alerted to the publication in Europe of Robinson's Proof of a Conspiracy by a letter from the Reverend John Erskine of Edinburgh, and he read proofs shortly after copies published in Europe arrived by ship in March of that year. Other anti-illuminating writers, such as Timothy Dwight, soon followed in their condemnation of the imagined group of conspirators. I guess with these ministers printing the sermons and spreading it throughout their diocese and just word of mouth, it's, you know, it's a sexy story to catch on to. And if you're fucking bored as shit in 1798 Virginia, somewhere out in the woods, you know, you're going to fucking kind of latch on to this and being out there all by yourself in the middle of this fucking forest, I'm sure the imagination can come up with all kinds of dark and dreary things. So after the printed sermons were newspaper accounts, and these figured in the partisan political discourse leading up to the 1800 U.S. presidential election. Subsequent panic also contributed to the development of Gothic literature in the United States. At least two novels from the period make reference to the crisis. It's called Ormond, or The Secret Witness, and that was 1799, and Julia and the Illuminated Baron, which was 1800. Some scholars, moreover, have linked the panic over the alleged Illuminati conspiracy to fears about immigration from the Caribbean and about potential slave rebellions. Concern died down in the first decade of the 1800s although it revived from time to time in the anti-Masonic movement of the 1820s and 30s. Not much is really said about the Illuminati for the next hundred or so years, until 1959, when we have a couple of co-conspirators get together one night in Whittier, California. Carrie Thornley went to his friend Greg Hill, and they started to discuss reality. Thornley insisted there was a fixed order to the universe, but Greg said that the universe was chaos, and it was human thought that projected an order onto the chaos. Thornley was inspired by this, and together he and Greg Hill decided to set up a movement dedicated to the idea of chaos. They called it Discordianism. Underlying it was the belief that individuals had the power inside themselves to bring order and meaning to the chaos not the old systems of power that created the fear and suspicion. Discordianism was beginning to grow, spreading by word of mouth. Like much of the new counterculture, it was against all politics. It distrusted all of the old systems of power, left and right, because they were just trying to force you into their version of reality. 
1969, Thornley and Greg Hill decided to begin what they called Operation Mindfuck. <laughs> Apparently, some of the Discordian members were working at Playboy magazine at the time. And Thornley decided they were going to use Playboy to start an experiment that would make people see how absurd all conspiracy theories really were. And how this little operation started? They were going to place a false letter in Playboy Letters page. They put it between another letter asking if gun fanatics had small penises and one from a man asking about the physical danger to his testicles from heavy petting. No fucking shit, you guys. <laughs> this is true. So Thornley's fake letter asked whether all the political assassinations in America were really being masterminded by a single secret society. And the society it named was the Illuminati. It said that the Illuminati were behind all the chaos, all the fucked up shit, all the fear porn, everything that was now gripping the citizens of America. So Thornley and the other Discordians then proceeded to spread this idea all across America through the counterculture, in magazines and books and even in plays. Thornley's aim was to try to break the spell of conspiracy theories by making people see the absurdity of believing them. And he had chosen the, Illum the Illuminati for the experiment because no one could possibly believe that an 18th century organization from Bavaria was really in the second half of the 20th century, the secret rulers of the modern world. It was clearly ridiculous. Or was it? Dun, dun, dun. So before we go any further into Thornley and Greg Hill's little conspiring to plant conspiracy theories, I thought I'd just let you know a little bit about Thornley's background and let you guys decide if you think he was actually an agent for the CIA or really just someone out there trying to show Americans how stupid conspiracy theories are. So back during the Vietnam War, Thornley was drafted, and he met and became really good friends with a young Marine named Lee Harvey Oswald. No shit, the Lee Harvey assassinating John F. Kennedy Oswald. So apparently Thornley starts writing a novel about Lee Harvey Oswald and was actually kind of in the middle of it when he defected, he, as in Lee Harvey Oswald, defected to the Soviet side. So... Okay, he just happens to meet Lee Harvey Oswald. He just happens to think he's such a great guy and admires him so much that he starts to write a novel. And what we already know about how the CIA was working to get the very idea of quote-unquote conspiracy theories established at the time in order to discredit alternatives to the official narrative on JFK. So to a lot of people, it just seems to fit a bit too neatly into the agenda. You know, having Thornley plant all these strange ideas about the Illuminati and all of the other things in Playboy that the Discordians were able to get out to the counterculture. I mean, wasn't there an operation called Operation Mockingbird done by the CIA that literally did that same thing? Just planted misinformation? disinformation and literally tried to make conspiracy theorists look insane. 
So I don't know. There's a couple uh, different groups on this. Some people completely think Thornley was part of the CIA. And another group just thinks he was out there fucking with, you know, half the American public. So I don't know. I guess there's never going to be a firm answer. It's just going to be opinion at this point. Unless the CIA suddenly drops some documents that, you know, leaks his name or something. Let's get back to the Discordian story, planting ideas and stories in the counterculture. Another participant in Operation Mindfuck was a man named Robert Anton Wilson, who was also known as the Discordian Pope. He laid out basic instructions for Operation Mindfuck in a memo sent to several friends. Participants were to circulate all rumors contributed by other members and they were to attribute all national calamities, assassinations, or conspiracies to the other members' groups. The one great risk, he cautioned, was that the establishment might be paranoid enough to believe some wild legends started by one of us, and thereupon round up all of us for killing Abraham Lincoln. So they sent a letter on Bavarian Illuminati stationery to the Christian anti-communist crusade, just to confirm that we've taken over the rock music business. But you're still so naive. We took over the business in the 1800s. Beethoven was our first convert. Robert Welch of the John Birch Society got a letter informing him that Gary Allen was an Illuminati agent. When a New Orleans jury refused to convict one of the men, Jim Garrison, blamed for the JFK killing, Garrison's booster art, Kunkin of the leftist Los Angeles Free Press received a missive from the Order of the Phoenix of Angel, revealing that the jurors were all members of the Illuminati. The telltale sign, the letter explained, was that none of them had a left nipple. So it's like they're just sending letters all over the country, fucking with people, but it just kind of gets mixed up with the MK Ultra conspiracy. It's not even a conspiracy. The MK Ultra trials the CIA was running. And at the same time, the Operation Mockingbird, which was basically exactly like these Discordians and their quote unquote conspiracy theories they were sending out. So that's why people keep associating Operation Mindfuck and the Discordians with the CIA. The Discordians planted stories about the secret societies in various leftist, libertarian, and hippie publications, introducing the Illuminati to the counterculture. We accused everybody of being in on the Illuminati, Wilson recalled. Nixon, Johnson, William Buckley Jr., ourselves, Martian invaders, all the conspiracy buffs, everybody. But they did not regard this as a hoax or prank in the ordinary sense. We still considered it guerrilla ontology. My personal attitude was that if the new left wanted to live in the particular tunnel reality of the hardcore paranoid, they had an absolute right to that neurological choice. I saw discordianism as the cosmic giggle factor, introducing so many alternative paranoias that everybody could pick a favorite if they were inclined that way. I also hope that some less gullible souls, overwhelmed by this embarrassment of riches, might see through the whole paranoia game and decide to mutate to a wider, funnier, more hopeful reality map. <laughs> In a 1969 edition of the Playboy Advisor column, right after an inquiry about blue balls, this missive appeared. 
I recently heard an old man of right-wing views, a friend of my grandparents, assert that the current wave of assassinations in America is the work of a secret society called the Illuminati. He said that the Illuminati have existed throughout history, owned the international banking cartels, have all been 32nd degree masons, and were known to Ian Fleming, who portrayed them as Spectre in his James Bond books, for which the Illuminati did away with Mr. Fleming. At first, this all seemed like a paranoid delusion to me. Then I read in The New Yorker that Alan Chapman, one of Jim Garrison's investigators in the New Orleans probe of the John Kennedy assassination, believes the Illuminati really exist. The next step in my galloping descent into credul occurred to me when I mentioned this subject to a friend who was majoring in Middle Eastern affairs. He told me the Illuminati were actually of Arabic origin and that their founder was a legendary old man of the mountains who used marijuana to work up a murderous frenzy and who fought against both crusaders and the orthodox Muslims, adding that the present ruler is the Aga Khan. But, he said, it is now merely a harmless religious order known as the Islamanisms. I then began to wonder seriously about all of this. I mentioned to a friend in Berkeley. He immediately told me that there is a group on campus that calls itself the Illuminati and boasts that it secretly controls international finance and the mass media. Now, if Playboy isn't part of the Illuminati conspiracy, can you tell me, are the Illuminati part of the Masons? Is Aga Khan their leader? Do they really own all the banks and TV stations? And who have they killed lately? So that letter was signed R.S. from Kansas City, Missouri. But it had actually been cooked up by Wilson and Thornley. Wilson's reply, written in the light and neutral tone expected of the Playboy advisor, cleared up most of the historical confusions contained in the letter. Though it added the unsupported claim that Weiss and Hobbs Illuminati were based loosely on the Old Man of the Mountains order, the Berkeley Illuminati, Wilson added, were put on by local anarchists. It wasn't always easy to tell where Operation Mindfuck ended and sincere paranoia began. The Discordian revelations seemed to have pressed a magic button, Wilson later wrote. The new expose of the Illuminati began to appear everywhere, in journals ranging from the extreme right to the ultra-left. Some of this was definitely not coming from Discordians. Not that it was always clear who, quote-unquote, us Discordians were, either. Some of the Berkeley Illuminati were acquainted with Thornley. They had independently invented the joke of posing as an ancient conspiracy. At one point, Wilson recalled, the Los Angeles Free Press printed a quote-unquote taped interview with a black phone caller who claimed to represent the black mass, which was an Afro-Discordian conspiracy they'd never even heard of. He took credit on behalf of the Black Mass and the Discordians for all the bombings elsewhere attributed to the weather underground. Wilson and Thornley met only once in that period. When Wilson spent the night at Thornley's place in Tampa in 1968, they smoked some pot and started ruminating about their project. What if there really is an Illuminati? Wilson asked. Maybe they'll find out about us and be pissed. I doubt if there is, Thornley replied. And if, by some chance, there is, they'd probably be very happy to have us wild-ass fools covering up for them and spreading bizarre theories. So as it is, most of these people that were involved in Operation Mindfuck had strange connections to either the CIA, Lee Harvey Oswald, 
and other groups in the government. So if you look at the actual effects then of operations like Mindfuck, that part of the story is either much simpler or much murkier than that. The stories about the Illuminati planted in the Playboy don't really work straightforwardly in any one direction, either to encourage or discourage critical thinking. They also don't work in any one direction to discredit or promote conspiracy theories or conspiracy theorizing. Instead, they work simultaneously in both directions, discrediting and promoting, undermining and supporting, dismantling and setting up. They stir things up, they make them murky, and sow a bit of chaos, all of which is perfectly compatible with what the Discordians say they're up to on the tin, which includes disrupting people's ideas about reality, especially ones that they've accepted passively and uncritically from their culture. So if you ask me, I think it's very, very possible the CIA had their dirty little fingers all over planting these conspiracy theories. But like I said earlier, we'll never know unless there's a new dump of CIA docs and it starts naming all of these people. So basically from that point on, after they entered all these conspiracy theories into Playboy and other media articles, the general public had the Illuminati in their mind. It wasn't something, you know, everybody talked about every day, but now in 2021, if you say the word Illuminati, everybody knows what you're talking about. They now assume it to be a shadowy group that's pulling strings behind the government, the deep state, the new world order. The Illuminati takes on a lot of forms in different imaginations. I mean, I don't think there is, you know, one group that's continued on from the original Illuminati, but I definitely think there are secret groups pulling strings certain places. Maybe the Illuminati is just like some generic word everybody can latch on to to get a general idea. I don't know. It seems uh, from the beginning humans like conspiracies and they always try to look for some order in the chaos. It's probably why they came up with God and all that. If you want to look more into the Discordians, they actually have a book called Principia Discordia. And it was written by Greg Hill, who was one of the original guys who made up this whole little let's <laughs> let's get the whole world to believe in the Illuminati conspiracy. Uh, the first edition was printed in 1963. There's been several other editions since then. But it just goes on to describe the Discordian society and its goddess, Eris, as well as the basics of Poe denomination of Discordianism. It features typewritten and handwritten text intermixed with clip art, stamps, and seals appropriated from other sources. While the Principia is full of literal contradictions and unusual humor, it contains several passages which propose that there is serious intent behind the work. For example, a message scrawled on page 75, quote-unquote, If you think the Principia is just a ha-ha, then go read it again. The Principia is quoted extensively in and shares many themes with the satirical science fiction book The Illuminatus, trilogy by Robert Shea and Robert Anton Wilson. So what do we think, guys? Is this just like an isolated group trying to, I guess, stir the pot? 
or were some of these members actually being directed by the CIA? I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with there's no coincidence and, you know, how is Thornley in the same platoon as Lee Harvey Oswald and he just happens to have connections with different CIA members and their little Operation Mindfuck super closely resembles Operation Mockingbird. So, in my opinion, it's a plant. Definitely CIA put it there to further discredit people that were critically thinking. Because that was when the Warren Report was coming out. And nobody fucking bought that bullshit. <laughs> people were offended when their names were on that report. So, I don't know. I'm thinking the settlers came over here. They had knowledge of who the Illuminati were back then. And... Even back in the day, you know, the 1800s, like, you know, 1799, 1800, the settlers thought there was a conspiracy from the Illuminati going on in D.C. So it's like the Illuminati threat, thought, idea seems to have been around in America since as long as there's been settlers here. It may have gone quiet for a while, but it always seems to come back in different forms. So maybe it was quiet from 1800 to 1830 and there was no talk of it until in 1959 when this fake little CIA group decides to plant more talk of the Illuminati in the fucking imaginations of Americans again. But I, I don't know, guys. I think it's one idea that people are just forming to fit with uh, with the times. I don't know, guys. Tell me what you think. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence. It could go either way. You can get a hold of me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com or you can go to Instagram and search vanishedinthevalleyathena and now the parlor account's back up, so go check it out. I'm also at vanishedinthevalleyathena. So now it is time for the knife pick of the week. I know we haven't had one for a hot minute, but... I got this great knife. It's made by Avatech. And actually, I didn't even get it. Garrett gave it to me. And it's actually super badass. It's going to be my car knife because there's a lot of features on the knife that would be super handy in any type of emergency. It has a seatbelt slicer on there. It has this point on the back of the knife that if you slam it into your window, it'll shatter your window. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to break a car window, but that shit is not easy. So having one of these little points on the back of the knife will just give me some peace of mind because my paranoid ass is always worried about running my car into some lake or some shit and drowning in it. So (laughs) now that I have the emergency seatbelt slicer and this point on the back of this knife, I'm set. It's staying in the car. Other than that, it's fucking really sturdy and it's made out of pure stainless steel and rust proof steel. It's actually pretty sturdy too. I like the way it feels in my hand. It, uh, we got a liner lock, it's black, and it's actually called the Avatech Rescue Knife. Probably because of all these great little options on here to save you in a car accident. So I will go put pictures up on the Instagram. Go check it out. It's fucking. Everybody should have something like this in their car. doesn't have to be a knife, just something to cut that seatbelt off and shatter a window. Because let me tell you, how big of a nightmare would that be? So, before we go, we got to thank our downloaders. I got to go find them, though. All right, so for the first time ever, we have Daytona Beach, and they took the number one spot. 
So what's up, Florida? Thank you guys for downloading. I'm glad you guys found me. That's what's up. I appreciate the downloads. In second place, we have Denver, Colorado. Third, we've got Happy Valley. San Jose is still hanging in there weeks later. What's up, guys? We got Atlanta. We got Chicago, Portland, Brooklyn, Houston. Hello, places tune in. What's up, guys? I appreciate your downloads. Come say what's up on the Instagram. Just search Vanished in the Valley Athena or send me a message at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. I think that's about it for this episode. So, like I always tell you, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. If you would like to become a producer and support Vanished in the Valley, you can go to Cash App and search for Vanished Athena, or you can go to the episode description, scroll down, and look for a link that says Support Acast Vanished in the Valley. Click that link and it'll bring you to a page where you can show us some love.